When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Welcome to the Hand and Roar podcast with me, Andy Barge. Now, you might be thinking, hold on a minute, we just previewed this week's game against Turkey. Well, you might remember a few months ago, we recorded a great episode with Graham Brown of the Hamden Collection and Lindsay Hamilton of Glasgow's Walking Football Tour, which explained the significance of Scots and the way football was spread and taken all across the world. Now, this month is an important one because on St Andrew's Day this year, it'll be the 150th anniversary of the first ever international football match, which was between Scotland and England, and it was 0-0 at the West of Scotland Cricket Ground in the party area of Glasgow. So I think this anniversary is quite the cause for celebration. So we're doing a special podcast about what the Hamden Collection team are planning over the next wee while, and I'm delighted to be joined by Graham Brown from the team, along with Barry Kirk, who is in there with him, and Dr Fiona Skillen, a senior lecturer in history at Glasgow Caledonian University. Guys, this is a chock-a-block podcast. Very weird to have four active screens here. It's usually just the three of us at a push. So really looking forward to getting stuck into this. We'll come to you first, Graham. You were just telling me there this is a very busy time for you guys. Yeah, thanks, Andy, for having us on. Um, yes, it has been five years in the making. Um, ever since set up the Hamden Collection, there has been a countdown clock on the Hamden Collection website, which used to read four years, nine months to go to the <laughs> 150th anniversary of international football. Uh, and that now reads um, 17 day, 16 days. Um, so so we've come a long way in over four years and everything's been geared up to the 150th anniversary of international football. And of course, the World Cup kicks off on Sunday. And uh, so it's only apt that it, that it moved to the winter um, because as we've talked before, um, you know, Scotland invented international football because it organised game number one. And I, I remember we were speaking last time as well, Graham. it could have been so apt if we'd qualified because our group game against England would have been the day before the exact 150th anniversary, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be 149 years, 364 days after the first time we played them, which would have been... Uh, the stars would have aligned, um, uh, but it wasn't to be. And Wales instead have got that honour um, to to play that game on the on the day before the hundred fiftieth anniversary. Enough modern day anguish. Let's get stuck into some nostalgia instead, shall we? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, Fiona, we'll come to you quickly as well before we we move on because there's a lot of significance here around the first Women's International in 1881, which is being yeah. celebrated in amongst all this. Is that right? 
Yeah, there is. So the first um, Scotland-England match was in 1881. And then obviously fast forward to 1972, we have the first official or first officially recognised women's international match between England and Scotland. So it's the 50th anniversary of that this year as well. So really significant to celebrate both of those things because often we imagine that women's football is something that's a kind of modern phenomenon, perhaps started sort of in the 90s. Mm. Um, but in actual fact, in Scotland, we can trace it back to 1628, women playing football. Well, let's uh, talk about the events that you've got coming up then, Barry. Feel free to, to chime in here along with, with Graham because I think this is um, your playground here, really. Now, a lot is coming up. The first event, we'll, we'll get this podcast out before the first event to give people the heads up of what's going on over the next wee while. So... Thursday this week, that's Thursday the 17th, there's something special going on, Graham, at Clydesdale Cricket Club. What can you enlighten us about that? Yes, so the first question you have to ask yourself, Andy, is why was the first international football match at a cricket ground? Now, a lot of people will, will do Hamilton Crescent, they will they'll think Partick, it's a brilliant pub quiz question, and they'll sit there and they'll go, we know that. But they ask the next question is, why was it at West? Um, and basically what the Clydesdale event is to explain is the roots between cricket and football and how far back they go. Um, one of the other Hamden Collection team is Richard Young, and he wrote a brilliant book called As the Willow Vanishes. And if I were to say that seven of the eight founding members of the SFA were in fact cricket clubs, you might go, eh? <laughs> and then if we were to ask the next question, which is if you asked how many of the 16 football clubs that participated in the first Scottish Cup, 13 of them were cricket clubs. And just the, the amount of cricket clubs in the west of Scotland. So there was over 1,700 in the Glasgow area wow. between about 1860 and 1914. So that event is all about the cricket to football links and the fact that the West is Clydesdale Cricket Club is the forgotten Hamden. So you've heard the tour about first, second and third Hamden. But in between first and second, Queen's Park played at the Clydesdale Cricket Club and they hosted a team called Aston Villa in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup and Queen's Park murdered them 6-1. Um, and a lot of people go, we didn't know that because they probably didn't know that Queen's Park participated in the FA Cup for a number of years. Um, so Clydesdale uh, Cricket Club is that venue. It's the forgotten Hamden because Queen's Park played there for a year and we're going to tell that story in the first event. Well, Barry, without uh, turning too many pages of that story in the podcast, obviously I want to save it for the, the main event. In that game then, which I think it was in 1884, would that have featured the, the guys that then took, took football around the world from Scotland? Am I right or wrong in suggesting that? Oh, definitely, yeah. I think Graham will have a more of a detailed knowledge of that than than me. Um, if you look at Aston Villa, Andy, the, the the that team that came up, people don't realise that Aston Villa, um, have well, they they might know, they might go. There's a line rampant sitting on the badge, and uh, when you look at that and you go, oh, wait a minute, there was a few Scottish guys involved in that, uh, and then you have the founder of the football league down in England was a guy called William McGregor from Braco, who was the president or the, the chair of um, Aston Villa Football Club. So <laughs> the links between Aston Villa and um, Scotland 
where the, there was a whole bunch of Scotch professors that were already embedded in there. And actually, the really funny part, I was only speaking to Richard earlier on, when Aston Villa came up, they went, we've got a few Scottish players we're going to do over Queen's Park. We'll make a big thing of it. And they found an invincible Queen's Park squad <laughs> near enough, and they got murdered 6-1. But I think the 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 whole thing around the Scotch professors and taking it to the taking it to the world is is can near enough go to that, but what that is one of those matches. Uh, and Barry and I have stood beside the mural. The other one is obviously the five one game in, in in First Hamden. But you know, these games, that that period was where football was starting to explode. Well, Barry, you're uh, the comms guy for the Hamders team. So sell this to us then. What's going on? Uh, on Thursday, 17th. Is uh, it an invite-only event, but what will the people that are attending uh, be able to experience? Probably uh, the biggest shock of their lives. Um, I think when 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 people hear what they're going to be, be told um, about the origins origins of the fo- of football, um, yeah, I think I think it's it, it's not it's not just going to be confined to the for, to to the group that, that that will be finding it out. I think once it actually starts to spread, people will be asking a lot of questions, and I imagine there'll be a lot of people thinking that's a load of rubbish. But it's not. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it, it was it was all part of. Um, I mean, the, the the culture back in those days, the sporting culture was very much a cricket one. Um, and and it goes to uh, you know when you when you think about it, it, it it makes sense that the the cricket players had to stay fit during winter. It was a big piece of land. Um, you know, cricket didn't doesn't really fit with 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 the Scottish winter very well. Um, and uh, and that's that's where it started to develop, and people started to think this is actually quite a good game. We like this, um, and it took off from there. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think people will be walking away. Um, uh, you know, in the evening on Thursday, thinking, "What the hell just happened there?" <laughs> yeah, certainly enlightened. I think uh, anyone that attends yeah. will have their eyes opened uh, more than just slightly. Well, that's this Thursday. Next Thursday um, is also an invitation-only event at Hamden. Now, Graham, uh, from when we've spoken about this, you you seem very giddy about it. Um, so. <laughs> This is a this is what seems to be maybe the main event. Uh, am I right or wrong in, in saying that? And and can you tell us what what is going on at Hamden on Thursday, twenty fourth? Yeah, so it's a massive event um, because uh, we're in the middle of Scotland's greatest collection of football history. Um, so we're in the Hall of Fame. Um, we've got fantastic speakers, and we're talking about. Um, the first half, which is the birth of the men's game, and then the second half is the birth of the women's game. We've some amazing people coming along to hear that story. Some of it is their own story, um, which is which is great, especially some of the the pioneers of seventy eight uh, nineteen seventy two that will be there. Um, but it will really showcase why it's important that these anniversaries are celebrated. This is all under our banner of Fitball One Fifty. Um, because there's a whole bunch of 150ths coming up. This one is the first main one, which is the international football match. Um, and it's important to us because it really brings together so many people that have been involved over the last five years um, who've participated in what the Hamden Collection has been about um, and gets to showcase it. And we've, you know, and it's a brilliant agenda. We've got poetry in there, we've got the men's game, the women's game. 
We've got the archaeology team bringing along their finds from first and second hand in. It'll really showcase what you can do with this history in terms of what we've done so far, uh, the excitement ahead, and start to really explain what Football Square Mile is about because really that's the launch pad for everything UNESCO and everything that we're trying to do. So it brings all those people together. And again, they are invite-only events, but they're the people there that will go and tell this story to all the people that they know. And, and just like yourself, Andy, it's really important that people get this through lots and lots of different channels because people are starting to wake back to Barry's point. People are starting to wake up to the Scotch professors. Some of my story that will go in that event is up until five years ago, no one was talking about the three Hamdens. And I don't think, you know, the Hamden Road podcast, you know, and even me, you know, if you go back far enough, it's one Hamden. Um, but that's that's already cemented in. Now we're building on top of it. It's funny you mention that. Um, obviously, you, you'll know or you'll remember from the last podcast that my flatmate is Argentine. Um, so he's aware of the impact, really, that the Scottish professors had, specifically in his home country, let alone across the world. And one of my, my close mates, Kieran, um, has just started reading a book called Angels with Dirty Faces. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's about the, it's the footballing history of Argentina. And pretty much the entire first chapter is about the Scots taking football over, over there and implementing our style uh, and the way that we played the game in comparison to, to them in their own continent and how that really kick-started and changed things for Argentine football. And we were having a laugh, not, not that... I or we are trying to claim any sort of responsibility for this whatsoever. But isn't it mad that football started to <laughs> change th there because of people that came from here and probably the two greatest players that ever lived are from that country? I, I don't think... I think people cannot believe there's a guy called Alexander Watson-Hutton comes out the gorbals and is considered the father of Argentine football. I think more people in Argentina know that Scotch professor story than people in Scotland. I think, I think that is, I've now spoke to so many people who've got Argentinian pals and they turn around and say, do you know the Scottish story? And they go, of course we do. But you go up to 95% or 99% of people that attend Hamden, they wouldn't know that story. Well, Fiona, that's what we're trying to achieve. <laughs> yeah, well, hopeful, and I'm sure it'll work because it sounds like a, a great event. And Fiona, you're speaking at it as well. And I can't help but notice the date here. So, the first official international of the women's game was in 1972, which is 100 years after yeah. the first men's international. Is that a coincidence, or was it particularly arranged for a century after the first men's one? No, it was most definitely a coincidence um, because at this point, um, when we're thinking back to 72, women were still banned in Scotland from playing football. So the, the um, SFA still had their ban in place. The ban had been lifted in every other European country. Um, and so we had this kind of weird situation where we have the first recognised international between England and Scotland women's teams. And the English team is recognised and they have some facilities and, and you know money and so forth. I mean, not in huge quantities. I don't want to overplay it, but certainly more than the Scottish team had. They had to take out a probably loan check in order to get strips and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they end up playing in this, you know, sort of small stadium um, down in um, Ravenscraig because they can't get access to any of the other bigger stadiums because they're still banned. And then it takes until 1919 
for those women to start getting caps for actually, you know, the recognition for playing in that match. So it's really significant um, for women's football. It's a real kind of beacon of uh, the modern game. But it's one that has, until very recently, been largely overlooked. So it's so important that we're celebrating that as well when we have our event at Hamden on the 24th. So, so is your portion of the evening very much focused on the years between uh, 81 and 1972 rather than the ensuing progression after that? There will be some of the modern game will be touched on, but yes, we're, what we're trying to do is shine a light on that forgotten history. So people are more comfortable and more familiar with the modern history and the modern achievements of the, of the women's team and the women's organisations. They are less familiar with that early history from the Victorian period through the 20th century up to 72 and then the lifting of the ban in 74. So most of the discussion, I think, will be around those key points. And we're also, as, as Graham mentioned, we're going to have some of the 72 team actually in the audience which oh, is going really? to be wonderful. So it's going to be great to, to you know, uh, celebrate them as well on the night. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that that's only less than 50 years ago all that nonsense was, was happening? Yeah, absolutely. And when I talk to my students about this, they're all flabbergasted that not only were women banned, and I say banned in inverted commas because nobody stopped them playing, they just made it exceptionally difficult for them to play and play legitimately, couldn't get access to certain facilities, couldn't get registered referees to, you know, um, officiate their games and so forth. So the students that I talk to are, are blown away by the fact, A, there was a ban in the first place, and B, that it went on for so long and so embarrassing that Scotland, when all the other nations voted in favour of lifting this ban, Scotland was the only one out of the 31 members of, of UEFA that said, uh-uh, we're not playing ball, we're not recognising the women's game, and they held out for another three years till 74. Yeah, not sure. something to be proud of, is it really? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Graham, you mentioned uh, when you were uh, enticing us about this event next Thursday that there will be uh, archaeologists there. Will they have actual tangible objects and stuff that they have found during their digs at, at this event? So imagine, right? Imagine the world's first purposefully built international football ground and if you're there, you get to touch the wire that went around the ground. <laughs> Beer bottles that were smashed, that were found on in the ground. And if you've ever wanted to see a bath tile from the bottom of Cathkin Park, the red and white Third Lanark <laughs> bath tiles that they found underneath the pavilion, that's what these guys found uh, last summer. So you have pieces, pieces of proper heritage yeah. from the original grounds, you know, from first from first Hamden and then from the demise of Cathkin Park where Third Lanark played up to 1967. You know, these guys are bringing those along so you can actually, they, they're actually going to say, and this is, so you, it's proper tangible evidence yeah. that these guys found. And I, and I remember the day when they started finding this stuff because they were literally, it was literally... Uh, you know, metal detecting, you know, very much, much better now. It was ground penetrating sonar, uh, radar to try and find pieces mm -hmm. that they could really dig down. And they kept talking about the money trench, Graham. And I was like, what's that? And they're like, oh, well, here's the, we're hoping to find some of the foundations of the original pavilion. But on their way down, uh, they got right underneath what was the tennis courts that used to sit on Kingsley Rose Garden. So they know they've gone beneath that. And then they found buried treasure which was all these artefacts that had laid laid under there for over 140 years. 
Oh. And you get to go and see them. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. It, it, sounds, it sounds excellent. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, the, the, the event generally sounds sounds great, but that's not the last one. That's only two of the four we've discussed. So why don't we head on to the event that's on Wednesday the 30th, which is on the actual anniversary, on St Andrew's Day. And that's going to be uh, at the Pavilion in the West of Scotland Cricket Ground, I believe. That's where everything is kind of building towards uh, a crescendo that day, Barry, you'll be heavily involved, and I'm sure it's, uh, I'm sure it's been a bit of a stress uh, being involved in, in the organising. If it's been over the five years, but from what Graham was telling me, it sounds like it's really coming together, and there will be relatives of uh, one of the players that actually played in the first ever mm-hmm. international there to share the the story as well. Yeah, it's, it's coming together. It's taken a while to to pull all the all the strings into the into the one place. Um, but it's all getting quite exciting now. We're hoping the weather's going to do us a favour and, and be nice to us. Um, there's, there's there's kind of two aspects to it. We've got the pavilion side of things, which is that's that's kind of a sort of a media side of it. But the the main part is to to have um, just to have that commemoration to, to celebrate that 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 event, the first the first international match ever. Um, so we're, we're we're gonna there's gonna be a few of us talking about um you know, just so that if there's anybody doing the pilgrimage we can we can chat to them and tell them a few stories for you know just to to make uh, try and try and help them put in a wee bit more of the atmosphere. So, so um, where, where where does it where does that day start? Uh, is it is it at the West of Scotland ground all day, or are you travelling from A to B? Um, well, we're starting off at the bowling club. Is that right, Graham? In, in the yep. morning, I think we're, we're we're meeting up with with uh, Joseph Taylor's relatives. Um, Joseph Taylor was the player who played in yeah, the game in eighteen seventy two. His yeah, yeah. great grandchildren will be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think they're they're getting a wee tour of the Hamdens in the mor- in the morning early on, and then we'll we'll head over to to West of Scotland Cricket Club, um, and the the actual the actual point of of celebration will be just after two o'clock, about quarter past two, when the the kickoff was delayed. Um, you know, heavy crowds, I'm I'm sure. Um, you know, I think there's was, was it was two and a half to four thousand fans that 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 came, um, and and from there we'll have a we'll have a, a wee celebration for for that and and uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully there'll be plenty plenty of folk coming along, as well obviously as well as it being the hundred and fiftieth anniversary of the first game, it's also the hundred and fiftieth um birthday. So the Tartan Army's hundred and fiftieth birthday party. So. There should be a few dotted about in kilts as well, myself included. So, <laughs> so is that is that one uh, invite only, or can you pay to no. attend or buy a ticket? How, how can people get involved? That's that's just a, a walk up. Um, we'll we'll uh, yeah, there'll be a few of us there to to make sure people go go in the right direction um, and make sure we you know they know where the where the pitch was and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, the the pavilion part side of it is is invite only, but um, but yeah, the main the main the main thing is that the folk can walk in and, and see where the first game where the first game happened. And and Graham there you're hoping that there can be quite a, a bit of media done around this as well that you you hope it's recognized by by Scotland's various media outlets as as the rightful cause for celebration as it is. Yeah, so the 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 ultimate mission was to make sure that this didn't just pass us by. Okay, it'd been dead easy for nothing to happen. Um, you'd had three or four people that maybe turn up and and have a look at West over a gate, 
and, and the, over the fence. Um, the mission really was to tie up with West of Scotland cricket ground. So we did a you know again through the cricket links that we forged, and um, we we got in touch with West over the summer. In fact, we did that two years ago. Barry, we've been doing this for over two years to try and get get in touch with West and say, look, you've got this big anniversary. Let's make sure that it's all recognised. Uh, we did a lot of work with them over the summer. Um, and then if you saw the 150th, um, the SFA's 150th plans, there was a little sentence in it to say, and we are supporting the, the 150th anniversary at the West of Scotland Cricket Ground. Good. Which was brilliant because we got in touch and this was our links again through Queen's Park. So, you know, we've all the relationships we've built up managed to forge all that together. And then the idea is to really make the most of the event. So again, where we're going to do West is if the pavilion sides, the media side, the other half of the ground was actually where the pitch was. There's a southern gate, the south gate, which will be open. We're going to put the boundary rope in so people can basically come in, take a photo, stand on the pitch. It's the middle of winter. It's going to be cold. It could be horizontal rain. Mm-hmm. Most people that want to come will just want to say, look, I stood on the ground on the 150th anniversary and it's a Wednesday in the afternoon. So again, it won't suit most folks' diaries, but there'll be diehards. And really for the Tartan Army, if they want to make that pilgrimage, that's what it's all about. Meanwhile, at the other end, the media side, and we've got a few things up our sleeve that we're trying to get off the ground, which will hopefully bring the media um, and again, that's the links up with the SFA and West to actually do that. So we've done a whole bunch of work to do that. But the ultimate idea, though, Andy, is I know it's, there's four events, but the first and second is to really get people going, I really need to come to the 30th. I've just been either at the 17th or the 24th, six days later. Might want to make that effort. Sure. Um, they'll either write about it, they'll speak to people about it, they'll send cameras, whatever they need to do. And the ultimate thing we're trying to do on the on the first half of the thirtieth is to make sure that the media pick it up and run with it. So, so what time should people turn up at on the thirtieth if they're interested? Yeah, so we're the the Southgate will be open between half twelve and three o'clock. Um, as Barry said, we've we've got the Wester team, so the Wester Tartan Army they've they've got on board. Um, they've got high vis jackets, which are brilliant. <laughs> Uh, so there'll be a bunch of stewards, which were just basically sh- shepherding people around and just saying, look, you know, do you know, we'll be handing out flyers, all that sort of stuff. And really just saying, look, come and learn this story because um, you need to, because <laughs> you need to go home and tell people, <laughs> which is the ultimate thing. Well, that's that's in the afternoon, but later on the same day is the fourth and final event. Now, coming to you for this one, Fiona, this is the information I've got. Uh, it's a masterclass with a modern Scotch professor and one of Scotland's greatest living footballing exports. So the floor is yours. Yeah, so it is a masterclass with Rose Riley, who will be known, I'm sure, to many of your listeners. You know, she's a legend in the women's game in Scotland and internationally. And a couple of years ago, she was given an honorary degree from my institution, Glasgow Caledonian University. And so as part of that, Rose has agreed to come back and give a masterclass to our students, our alumni, and we've now paired up with them to make this part of Football 150 as well and open it to the public. So you can book tickets, it's free, but you need to book tickets through Eventbrite. So if you go into Eventbrite, look up GCU, um, Glasgow Caledonian University, or put in Rose Riley, it will pop up and you can book yourself a free ticket there. Rose will be um, answering questions about her career, how she got started, the highlights and so forth. 
And there's also an opportunity when you book your ticket, if you want to leave a question, and we'll select a few of those questions if there's time at the end to ask those uh, on the night. So it's promising to be a very exciting evening, I think, with Rose. She's very entertaining and has a lot to say. So I'm really looking forward to chatting with her. And you, you're hosting that event, are you? I am, yes, I am. I've done quite a lot of research into the history of women's football, so this is an absolute privilege to be able to talk to Rose in front of everyone um, and just share that platform with her. It's going to be great. Brilliant. Right. Well, it sounds absolutely excellent, guys. Five years in the making. I'm sure it won't disappoint. It sounds like there's something to cater for everybody here. Uh, and I really hope that the weather plays ball for you on the, the 30th at the, the West of Scotland Cricket Ground, where it all began 150 years ago. Can you believe it's finally culminating, Graham, all this hard work? No. <laughs> uh, I am uh, the first of December. Quite uh, going to be quite a t- no. Look, um, I'm, I'm, and even we were talking earlier on. We were sitting at Clydesdale doing the run through because uh, the first two events are going to be filmed by QTV. So Jack McGill's going to get them filmed, which is fantastic. And we're sitting going through it. And Richard just turned around and says, "A year ago, Graham, do you think this would all be happening?" And it's like, no. I mean, we did a Zoom version on the thirtieth of November. Last, you know, last year, the year before, because of COVID, we couldn't do them in person. And this stuff's just supercharged. I mean, it is super supercharged. And I think what's brilliant is we've got lots and lots of more people involved in it. And when you look at the the three, the three running orders for the first three events, and Rose is Rose is an event in herself as yeah. as DCU have done. <laughs> so you literally have if, back to your point. It caters for all. And the key thing to take away is Fitball 150 is not the end. So the 150th anniversaries that are coming up are, out, are, are off the charts. The 150th of the SFA, 150th of the Scottish Cup starting, 150th of the first Hamden opening, the 600th anniversary of the first time that football appears in law is in 2024. We've got all these crazy 150s. That's why we've turned up 150th, because we've got a decade of them. And by the end of that decade, everyone will know the Argentinian story. <laughs> and so we should, to be honest, really. Uh, it's it's shameful to be lectured on that by my Argentine flatmate rather than uh, being the one that can spread it myself. So, yeah. Look, guys, it's been uh, a really good chat. Thanks very much for lending your time. Big uh, reminder to everyone that the event on the 30th is walk-up. If you fancy it, if you can spare a few hours, uh, if you want to, or even... Half an hour, if you're local, if you're able to come along on your lunch break just to spend some time with uh, like-minded people uh, and celebrate what is a great occasion. So Fiona, Barry, Graham, thanks very much for coming on and keep fingers crossed that everything goes smoothly over the next few weeks. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.